Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for listening. You guys are awesome. Please, if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe and then share this on your Instagram, your social media. I'm talking to you. Thank you for helping us reach more people. Our goal is to get to 500 daily listeners. We're uh, close to 200, maybe even a little bit over 200 daily listeners starting from scratch here for the last couple months. So excited for what's ahead. Man, one of the things that I love about the gospel is the gospel is the great equalizer. No matter what background you came from, no matter if you were born with a as they say, a silver spoon in your mouth, or a wooden spoon, or no spoon, uh, or a plastic spork. If you've seen Toy Story, you're four, you're cruising with me right now. A little forky, right? Um, no matter wh- which background you came from, if you were born in the richest planet on planet Earth, the richest country on planet Earth, the greatest country on planet Earth, if you're from the poorest country on planet Earth, there's, there's countries where the average person lives on Many in Africa, actually, the average person lives on under $1,000 a year, um, makes under $1,000, lives on under $1,000 a year. Um, Doesn't matter where you came from or your background, that the gospel is the great equalizer. If you look in Colossians 3.25, it says, But he that does wrong shall receive for the wrong which he has done, and uh, and there is no respect of persons. With God, there is no respect of persons. You know, the truth is for all of us is that uh, uh, the and the Declaration of Independence says it, it says uh, that all men are created equal and all men are born with inalienable rights. But I love that because it doesn't really matter what family you're born into. If it was a head start in life, man, praise the Lord for people who've been born into well-to-do families, people who've, you know, parents that have uh, blazed a, a trail. And, and, and sometimes you're not the generation that brings you out of obscurity. It's your father who worked hard or your mother that worked hard or both that worked hard or your grandparents who took the family name from nothing to something. Um, maybe it's it was my mom actually who got born again, was the first one who got born again that brought the family. Her parents didn't serve the Lord. Their parents didn't serve the Lord. It was, my mom's, it was my mom's decision as a 20-something-year-old to serve Jesus that's brought blessing into our lives. So maybe you're born into a family where things are great and you have a head start, but maybe you weren't. Maybe you were born into a family where you were like held back. You know, not only did you not have a head start, but you were like, if, you know, there's, you hear stories of people. I was, uh, I heard a story of about uh, a children who are born addicted to drugs, right? Born because their parents do drugs while they're pregnant, like the mom does drugs while they're pregnant, like born with a drug addiction. Crazy, right? What? Not even a, hey, it's not a head start. It's not even a fair start. It's a, you're starting way in the back of the pack. But because of what the, because of the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, there's a there's a great equalizing that happens. The reality is for us is the gospel too is the great dignifier. It gives dignity to all men. And that's why it's such an important thing in our culture, in our society, because in a, with the worldview of evolution, then it's all just about, hey, survival of the fittest. That's where things like eugenics, if you haven't heard about eugenics, maybe go do some research. It's spelled E-U-G-E-N-I-C-S, eugenics. It's where they said, well, hey, if we've all evolved, then we need to have, for the future of the planet, we need to have less people and we need to uh, have a um, perfect race. That's actually where 
the that's where World War II, the eugenics movement is what birthed Hitler and World War II. And hey, let's get rid of the Jews. Let's get rid of, let's try to make this perfect blonde hair, blue eyed, white skinned race, this perfect gene pool, right? And that's where these things are born from. But the reality is, is the way God made us, no matter uh, if we were born into poverty, if we were born into riches, if we're born on the wrong side of the tracks, the right side of the tracks, if you're born on the north side of Lakeland or the south side of Lakeland, north side of Chicago or the south side of Chicago, that you were born, that you were born with rights, but also born equal. Um, The gospel is the great dignifier. You know, I've heard people say that the the gospel of Jesus Christ has done more for women than any other religion has. You know, in Islam, a woman's a woman's uh, testimony and her opinion is counts for half of that of a man's. The Bible actually says that we're all created equal; that there's no difference between male or female, bond or free. The Bible actually instructs husbands to love their wives. It's not that way in other world religions. The gospel of Jesus Christ has done more for women. They, they, feminists try to paint it out that it's this, oh, you know, wives submit to your husbands. That's because you want to make something work, you know? It's like there's, if you're, if you're on a canoe and you've got two people paddling and the one person's on the right paddling just as hard as they can, the other person has to paddle on the left or you're just going to end up in the bank, right? You, if you're dealing with a two-person machine, each person has to play their part. That's what marriage is. The husband leading the way, the woman being the fuel also that's in the tank to help him, to support him. It's a supporting role. It's not a lesser role. It's a supporting role. It has to be there. If they're both leading, they end up in the bank. It's not going to work, right? It's your left tire and your right tire. Um, but the gospel is the great equalizer. Your, the gospel, actually, one of the most important verse you can learn as a Christian, 2 Corinthians 5.17, but if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. Man, I remember when I was young, I used to write a lot of poetry, but there was one I wrote for um, second chances and talking about how God's given me many, many second chances. But the gospel is the ultimate second chance that you can start a new life in Christ, that God himself will come, no matter your background, no matter what nationality, that if you open your heart, God himself will come and live on the inside of you. He'll come and first of all, he'll give you, uh, he'll make you a new creature, that if you call out to him, if you call out to him, regardless of who you are, God will save you. And that's the beautiful thing of the gospel. You can go to all the nations of the earth and preach the same gospel. And it's the same requirement, humble heart, repentant, call out to Jesus. He will save you regardless of who you were. God will use you. And that's an encouraging thing, man. I didn't, the Bible actually says God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. I didn't used to like that verse because it made me have to admit that I was the foolish things of the world, you know, homeschooled from Africa. Dad died when I was three, raised by my mom, brought to America. I am the, I am the foolish things of the world, you know, but God uses that to confound the wise. My brother and I going into business, no business training, homeschooled degrees in theology, and then leading in our fields. You know, my brother won an award my older brother Timothy won an award for um, won an award for sales director of the year, a nationwide award. It wasn't just an industry award; it was nationwide. Um, and so, these things where God uses people who the world would call of low degree to confound the wise, so that He can get the glory. There's a story of a man, and I love it. His name's Peter J. Daniels, and I'm going to read you a little bit of his his autobiography here. 
But there's a story. Um, he was born in 1932 in Australia. He's an Australian um, businessman now. He's born in 1932. He came from a dif- disadvantaged background. Uh, he, um, his, his, a lot of his family members were in jail. Um, uh, people just who struggled. Third generation welfare recipient, right? He goes to school. He never passed a single grade in school. Never passed a single grade. Um, the uh, uh, there's a book that he wrote called Mrs. Phillips, You Were Wrong. But um, his whole life, he was told, "You're you're good for nothing. You're a terrible kid. You're you're never going to amount to anything." And it was from his teachers, and they would treat him terribly because he acted out. He didn't. He hadn't. Uh, his intelligence had never been. Um, his intelligence had never been worked. He had never developed intelligence, and so he acted out. He misbehaved. He was illiterate. He, at 26 years of age, he still couldn't read or write. Um, he went to. He was a bricklayer. He was working uh, sometimes from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. seven days a week, laying bricks, working hard, um, uh, but doing just hard work that didn't require any sort of skill. At 26 years old, he went to a Billy Graham meeting, and he heard Billy Graham preaching uh, towards the end of um, as 1959. Heard Billy Graham preaching. And Billy Graham in his gospel message uh, talked about Jesus, but talked about how God created all men equal. And it was from that moment that he understood that when he was created, he wasn't, he had been told all his life that he was good for nothing, he'd never amount to anything. But at the time of birth, that there was no difference between him and anyone else on the planet. Someone could have been born into royalty on another side of the world, but there was no difference between him and anyone else on the planet at the time of birth. And so he decided then that because he was created equal, that he wasn't going to let his circumstances hold him back. And it says he received two dreams from the Lord. He received two dreams. The first one was to see how much money one human could give away in their lifetime. Crazy. That's a dream from the Lord. Uh, A dream from man would be to see how much money one person could make in their lifetime. He's seeing how much money one person can give away in their lifetime. The second dream was to try to change the world for 300 years, to make an impact that would last 300 years. He started teaching himself to read without a tutor. He bought three dictionaries, started studying words, and he would listen to the radio, the the British broadcasters, and he would practice pronunciation. So he started at the bottom and he started, you know, there could be people listening. I've dealt with people that I've worked with who have trouble reading, who are grown-ups and they're embarrassed by it. They're not great at reading. They don't want to be put in a spot where they have to read something out loud. Their pronunciation is not great. All of those things are within your control. It says here that the one thing you realize is that the mind is a muscle and it could be developed. God has given you a mind. God has given you a brain that actually has, if you've done any, if you've heard of Dr. Caroline Leaf, she talks about the neuroplasticity and I'm not going to go too deep into it, but about how you can form these pathways in your brain and that your thoughts, you can change your thoughts and change your life by your thoughts. There's a book by a guy named Norman Vincent Peale. He's a Christian man. He's passed away now, um, but called The Power of Positive Thinking. And it's a classic sales book, but talks about how your thoughts affect your life and affect your outcomes. Even just being in a happier mood before you take a test actually helps you thinking positive thoughts. Man, people look at me and they're like, how are you happy all the time? People will be like, man, this things just didn't really go well. You're well... It didn't go your way today. And I'd be like, yeah, well, the good news is, is I'm not in prison and I don't live in Syria. Like life is better for me over here, right? There's always a bright side, what you choose to think about. 
But he realized when he realized that his mind was a muscle, he started to develop it. And so at 26 years old, he, he uh, purchased three dictionaries and he practiced pronunciation and speech, but listened to the radio. He learned to read without a tutor. He self-studied economics, politics, modern and ancient history, theology, law, philosophy, and business. He continued to read. The, I saw two different numbers, but it says he's written, he's, excuse me, he's read between 5,000 and 6,000 biographies on successful people. Started reading and continued to read. 5,000 and 6,000. Man, do the math on this. So if he was 26, let's just say 50 years later, we're talking about, you're talking about 50 years, 5,000. You're talking about, what is that? That's 500. That's 100 books a year. He's reading a biography every three days. <laughs> That's crazy. That'll develop intelligence. People who read a lot, their, their intelligence is developed. People who read and write. I heard someone, um, a guy that I look up to said, if I can teach someone to write, he said, I, I can teach them to think. So writing and reading, the simple things. But he taught himself to read, taught himself to write. Um, he started in business uh, after this whole thing, he started in business. He failed in business three times. He never went bankrupt, but he failed in business three times. Went on to become a multimillionaire. One source said he, he, he was a billion, billionaire. His family owns the only um, private-owned gold and silver bullion bank in the world. So there's different banks. He's the only, he has the only privately owned gold and silver bullion bank in the world. Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, the guy who said the power of positive thinking, called him the best platform speaker of the world. He's a Christian. He goes around. He's, he's got a new thing that he's working on called the, the Gabriel Call, and it says it's a strategy to uh, the, the largest strategy in the history of Christendom um, to fund world evangelism through the local church. Uh, now a multimillionaire, motivational speaker, large real estate business um, He's even been called on by different nations to help strategize to turn them from bankruptcy and poverty to wellness and prosperity. Imagine that. You get a call one day. Hey, this is so-and-so. I'm the uh, ambassador for, for Thailand. The president of Thailand would like to meet with you and all the financial leaders because we want to get your ideas on how we can take our country from third world to uh, let's try to upgrade it to second world one step at a time, right? And you're the guy that they call. This is the businessman that I've talked about. Christian businessman, there's a lot of his resources that are available online, Peter J. Daniels. But man, his, his, that story when I heard that his, his lot in life, you know, where he was born, and, and all the, the predictors would have said he would have been exactly the product of his environment. He would have been exactly the, the lineage of his fathers, you know, of, of, of his family members in prison, never amount to anything. It was even spoken over him. But one moment in a Billy Graham crusade where he realized all men are created equal and through Jesus Christ, he could have a new chance. And he decides to turn things around. Now, it wasn't this easy thing of like, okay, all of a sudden he reads automatically. There was his work, but it was just a commitment and a decision to say, I'm 26 by this time, I'm going to have a better quality of life and I'm going to work to get there. There's people out there that there's things that you've been, you've had a inferiority complex about, whether it's intelligence, whether it's preparedness, whether it's, you know, physical, whether it's whatever, there's an area where you, for years, you've said, I need to make improvements in this area. And God has given you a mind, he's given you a heart, he's given you a new chance and has said, you can do whatever you put your mind to. He's set you up for that. There's no one, if someone else can do it, you can do it too. 
And there's things that God has put there. And he wants you to know today, first of all, that you're a new creature, that you have dignity. First of all, you are a child of God. You are made in God's image. Every person on the earth, Christian or not, has value because they are made in the image of God. Then as a Christian, you have a new opportunity to come as a member of the family of God, to be called by God, to be used by God. The Bible says, if any man lacks wisdom, man, man, I just don't, I'm really not that, I just don't have wisdom. There's things I just don't understand. Well, ask God. He says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. The gospel is the great dignifier. I encourage you today, buy, buy a book, read a book. You know, people talk about these self-help books, but there's some awesome resources. Peter J. Daniels, there's a guy named um, uh, John Maxwell who does leadership books, but something that gives you the edge, that keeps you learning. I truly believe, you know, Peter, uh, Peter J. Daniels is still reading biographies. He hasn't stopped. This isn't something like, oh, I've learned enough. Let me stop learning. Like we... As, as humans on planet earth, we need to take the posture of learning, learning from the word, a student of the word of God, a student in our field, a student to, to, uh, in, in all areas, in, in things that will improve us as people. God has given us the resources. So for many of us, it's time to step it up, but to understand that the gospel is the great equalizer. I love you. Thank you for listening. You guys are awesome. We'll see you tomorrow.